Here is my blog for the Boardroom Network, professional business growth without the hiccups. Building a successful business is all about cash flowing into an organisation that demonstrates professional accountability in all its policies, practices and procedures. Often it is necessary to seek commercial funding to break through to the next level of performance. And as soon as you grow, your systems have to grow with you and your staff. Our Hampshire meeting promised to ease the pain of the paperwork and due diligence associated with commercial funding and to preclude the painful consequences of getting on the wrong side of the Information Commissioner's office. Let's begin with commercial funding without the hassle or the hustle. How do you capture an audience's interest and hold their attention? So many of our members have different examples of best practice for us to emulate. And Dave Clark of 2XL Commercial Finance Limited used what the professionals call an open loop. By beginning a story that you promise to finish at the end of the presentation, we're hooked. Here's something that Dave said. A woman is driving through the desert. She's desperate for a glass of water. She drives on mile after mile after mile. Sand and blue sky, sand and blue sky. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, she sees this roadside bar. She pulls into the car park, screeches to a halt, runs into the bar, up to the barman. Glass of water, she says. Water, water. The barman looks at her, reaches down under the bar, pulls out a gun and shoots just over her head. Why? We'll come back to that later on. So that's how Dave hooked us in. I don't think any of us were expecting a lateral thinking challenge as part of a presentation on commercial funding. Leaving us hanging there, Dave explained that he was a commercial finance broker. And what he does in this role is like a business finance dating service. Alluding to the golden days of blind date, Dave's got behind the screen lots of customers who want to borrow money. In front of the screen, there are cash-rich lenders who are keen to lend to the right people. Dave's matchmaking job is to make sure they get the best deal for one another. A win-win. He makes sure the lead-up to the marriage goes smoothly, and after the loan is drawn, they live happily ever after until it's repaid. Why would you use a broker? Well, with banks and other sources keen to lend, why would you use a broker? Dave's background includes 40 years in high street commercial banking. He now has access to over 215 lenders. During his commercial career with the bank, he didn't even realise there were 215 lenders. He knows his stuff. You'd engage with a broker like Dave for several reasons. Firstly, that huge range of lenders means choice. Demonstrating with a £50,000 loan as an example, Dave showed us that seven lenders would come up with differing offers for the same project. Secondly, Dave can see through those various offers to the best deal. You might think you and I could do that too, but these deals are often obscured by jargon and lack of clarity around the terms and rates. Unless Dave demystifies the offers, you could end up thinking you've chosen the best interest rate, but end up paying an extra £3,000 on a typical loan of 50000 That's a huge amount. Thirdly, how much is your time and peace of mind worth to you? Rather than wade through hundreds of pages, Dave fills out the applications for you. What a hero. Professional help precludes the pain that can so easily come if you're not properly prepared and advised. If we already know that cash is king, we may not know that profit is not cash, and cash is not profit. £20,000 worth of profit does not mean £20,000 worth of cash in the bank. 
Dave's recommendation is that we should monitor our cash even more than our profit, citing the Romsey boat builder that went bust with £10 million worth of orders. That's a point well made. Borrowing money is a process that demands patience. The days of relatively informal arrangements between your personal business banker and you, the business owner, have gone. Now it's largely about the due diligence that requires huge amounts of information to be gathered. On average, that's 170 to 200 questions per director. Let Dave take this pain away from you. Closing the loop on his story, our lady desperate for a glass of water sighs a great sigh of relief after being shot at. Not the outcome we were expecting, but then this was explained in three words. She had hiccups. And the point is that you may know what you want to borrow as well as why, but this is no guarantee that you'll know the best way to solve your problem. With more than 12 different ways to raise working capital, it pays to know someone like Dave who can solve your problem in the most efficient and effective way. In fact, Dave said he's always happy to let you buy him a coffee. But then that's commercial funding. Simon Humphreys gave us an update on GDPR, the next generation. He's from South Coast Data Protection Consultants Limited and started gently with the easy to answer question, how many of you have heard of GDPR? We all put our hands up. That was a sure winner since we've had GDPR on our business radar for a significant period. But has it dropped off the scope? Simon's next question was instantly challenging. How many of you have read the General Data Protection Regulations? Whilst many of us haven't, a refreshingly large number of our members have. So, Simon went on. How about the Privacy and Electronic Communications Regulations of 2003? Exactly. The numbers of members in the know dropped hugely. Clearly, we need ongoing guidance, especially if we do electronic marketing. Imagine having to cough up £99 million for losing information, as Marriott Hotels have just had to do. The Information Commissioner's Office, the ICO, is serious, with British Airways getting a £183 million fine for a data breach. We shouldn't think it's just the big companies who are attracting the attention of the ICO. An estate agent in London has recently been fined £80,000. That would make a dent in many a small to medium enterprise. Any size business can receive a subject access request. If this goes to a member of staff who doesn't really know what to do with it, it can easily be ignored. And there's only a 30-day window to respond. The individual who delivered the subject access request can then go to the ICO to declare that the requested information has not been provided. Well, you can well imagine the workload on the ICO. They'll take the fastest route to clarify the situation. Firstly, they will check to see if the business has been registered with them. If it hasn't, you're in trouble. Secondly, they'll check to see if the business has a website. And if so, a string of questions will begin, such as, thirdly, assuming there's a website, they'll ask, have they got a contact us page? Fourthly, is it secure? If the answer is no, there may be trouble ahead. Fifthly, has it got a privacy notice on it? If the answer is no, there will be trouble ahead. Sixthly, has it got a cookie policy on it? If the answer is no, you are in trouble. Every no from point four onwards takes this company into deeper trouble. Okay, let's have some good news, shall we? Flip these to a yes answer and the ICO will view the company as trying to comply with GDPR, irrespective of whether they've breached certain aspects. 
The alternative is to attract the attention the ICO are giving to businesses who are not attempting to comply. You don't want that kind of attention. Their practice is to name and shame the organisations they are investigating, and the reputational damage could be severe. The situation now is that you and I must have a demonstrable proof, accountability, for the policies and practices that should be in place. This means policies such as privacy policy, data protection policy, working from home policy. Brexit will bring its own challenges. If we end with a deal, GDPR remains in place. If we leave without a deal, GDPR in its existing format may no longer exist for us, but it will for Europe. This means that it will be difficult, if not impossible, for European companies to share data with us. We will put in place GDPR UK, but there will be two or three months of uncertainty. There's a call to action then. Let's get our policies in place and train our staff. A small investment now can preclude both the potential fines and the reputational damage. I asked Simon what our next step could be, and he messaged me this kind offer. We do a free initial consultation on any aspects of GDPR, and we do various different packages which we can discount for members. So there's another benefit of being a member of the Boardroom Network.